بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم محمد الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا فرسٹ آف جانوری ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ evil that which I know and that which I do not know. In Ibn Imajah Sahih. So this would be an appropriate dua to make at the beginning of the Soli year. And of course we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He has mercy upon those who did not live to see the new Soli year and reunite us all in the abode of peace. Amen. And we've completed the second month, the 60th night Now we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion, Sayyidina Abu Huraira, radiyallahu. And the last thing I mentioned, which I'll summarize, in Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim, where our beloved messenger, Abu Huraira, relates, radiyallahu, to that our beloved messenger said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the destruction of my ummah will come at the hands of some young men of the Quraysh, And then he mentions Marwan used to attend the study circle before he was appointed to a position of authority. So this is very significant, indicating that you should learn before you get into positions of authority. And Marwan, he said, May the curse of Allah be upon those young men. And then in the report, it mentions that when one of the narrators who heard the hadith from Abu Huraira, Sa'id ibn Amr ibn Sa'id, he saw youngsters being pledged to, he said, these are the ones possibly whom Abu Huraira was referring to, i.e. the young ones from the Banu Umayyah. So now there's a commentary here, which is very important to highlight. In Fatt al-Bari, volume 13, page 11, Ibn Battal, rahmatullah he said, This hadith contains proof that one should not revolt against the ruler even if he were unjust. This is because Rasulullah informed Abu Huraira of their names and the names of their fathers. But he did not order him to revolt against them. stopping the quote. So this is one huge lesson taken from this authentic report, report in Bukhari and Muslim. Rasulullah told Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Abu Huraira who these people were. He mentioned their names. But did he give an order to revolt against them? No. So the scholars of the Hadith state this Hadith proves you cannot revolt against the ruler even if he is unjust. Because surely these youngsters were unjust. Then Ibn Battal said, Rahmatullah at the same time, though he وسلم, informed him that the destruction of the Ummah would be at their hands, 
This implies that rebellion is even greater in destruction and takes them closer to being completely rooted than what occurs when they are obeyed. Hence, he who chose the lesser of the two evils and the easier of the two matters. Subhanallah. So, the great Ibn Battal, he said that why did Rasulullah, though he said these people are going to dis- cause destruction in my ummah, why did Rasulullah not give orders to rebel against them? Because rebellion is greater in destruction than the unjust, the injustice of the ruler. Have you understood? Rebellion is greater in destruction than the injustice of the ruler. Those Abu Huraira who chose the lesser of the two evils and the easier of the two matters by not mentioning their names. Clarifying further, Abu Huraira relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, يُحْلِقُ النَّاسَ هَذَا الْحِيُّ مِنْ This branch from the Quraysh will ruin the people. The companions, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum, asked, What do you order us to do, Ya Rasulullah? Sallallahu alayhi wa He said, لَوْ أَنَّ النَّاسَ I would suggest that the people keep away from them. Subhanallah. This is in Sayyid Bukhari, number 3604, in the chapter on Manaqib Virtues. And Sheikh Abdul Jalil Sahib, in his Niqadul Durari, volume 4, page 495 of the English translation, which is a commentary of Tajdeedul Bukhari by Hafiz Zubaydi al-Yamani. Rahmatullah. So look how beautiful. We've got the answer. The Prophet said, this branch from the Quraysh will ruin the people, i.e. the Banu Umayyah, some of the youngsters from amongst them. And the Sahaba asked point blank. We don't need to work it out. The Sahaba asked, What do you order us to do? Shall we draw our sword? Shall we rebel against them? What do you want us to do? Ya Rasulullah He said, I would suggest that people keep away from them. Meaning, keep away from the inj- Don't get close to the rulers. Keep away from them. Don't rebel. Keep away from them. And note who narrates that hadith? Abu Huraira. <laughs> from the Prophet Also Abu Hurairah again, he relates that our beloved messenger said, I seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the emirate of children. He was asked, how will the emirate of children be, Ya Rasulullah? He said, if you obey them, you will be destroyed. Whilst if you disobey them, they will destroy you. By taking your life, your property, or even both. SubhanAllah. In Fatt al-Bari. So let's look at this. So Rasulullah made a dua. What dua did he make? I seek refuge in Allah from the emirate of children. Think about that. That's how serious that fitna is. I don't want to be around when children are ruling. So the Sahaba asked, what will their authority be like, Ya Rasulullah, the children's rule? And look at how he described it. Only the Prophet could describe it so succinctly. He said, If you obey them, you will be destroyed. Now what does that mean? It means they will tell you to do something which will destroy your deen. For instance, Hussein has rebelled. Go out. 
Who was that? Obeyed Allah ibn Ziyad. You obey them, you'll be destroyed. Then the Prophet said, if you disobey the meaning, no. They will then destroy you. <laughs> meaning, in the world, by taking your life, property, or even both. <laughs> and wasn't that true? <laughs> right? So this was the fitna the Prophet said. And obviously, whatever he says comes true. So when a person goes, what, what harm did these youngsters cause? <laughs> Could you have put it any better than that? <laughs> In other words, obey them, see you later. <laughs> Disobey them, you've destroyed your dunya. Which one is it? <laughs> so the Prophet goes, keep away from them. <laughs> keep away. That's the easier thing. Don't get, don't group shoulders. Keep away from them. Pinpointing even further, it mentions, even when walking in the marketplaces, Abu Huraira would say, Radiallah, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not allow me to witness the year 60 or the rule of youth. This is in Ibn Abi Shaiba in his Al Musannaf, number 38,406, or volume 15, page 55. Al Haytami in Majma al Zawaid, number 7,030, and Fatal Bari. So look how interesting. Abu Huraira is walking in the market. So you're thinking, okay, mashallah, business transactions. And he's making this dua. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not allow me. To witness the year 60. Because please, I don't want to be around in the year 60. Or the rule of youth. Because don't let me live here, Allah. I don't want to see the year 60. And I don't want to see the rule of youth. Protect me. In another report, Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu relates that our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ta'awwadhu billahi Seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the 70th and from the appointment of boys to positions of authority. This is recorded in Ahmad in his Musnad, number 8319, 8320 So now you need a clarification here. The previous report, Abu Huraira is making a dua, radiyallam, do not allow me to witness the year 60. He said 60. Rasulullah, according to this hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he goes, seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the 70th and from the appointment of boys to positions of authority. Isn't there a contradiction? The scholar said, no. The 70th refers to the beginning of the seventh decade after the hijrah. So for instance, if somebody says to you, the 20th century, why is all of the 20th century 19th? <laughs> right? Well, in the 21st century now, because this is what, what it means. As soon as the last century enters, it was the 20th century. So up to 1999, it was the 20th century. As soon as 2000 came, it becomes 21st century. So Rasulullah, when he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the 70th. It means the beginning of the seventh decade. Therefore, what? 
60 AH onwards. Have you understood? <laughs> so when Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said, I don't want to be around at the 60th. He wasn't contradicting. And how could he? When he narrates the hadith from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So you need clarification here. So now why? What? 60 AH, you know, what, what was going to happen on 61 AH, you know, etc., etc.? So what occurred at the beginning of the seventh decade after the Hijrah? SubhanAllah. Look at Rasulullah's statements. Unbelievable. He's making, you know, giving you dates. And those dates are coming true to the very there. So what happened? Sheikh Nawab Muhammad Qutbuddin Khan Dehlawi Rahmatullah in his Mazayri Ihaq, number 3716, he stated, quoting, beginning of the year 70, is the seventh decade of the Hijrah, which began in 61 AH. So he makes that clarification first. Then he says, at the end of 60 AH, Sayyidina Mu'awiyah passed away and his era was over. Yazid ibn Mu'awiyah began his rule. So stop in the court. Somebody goes, hang on a minute, what? 60 AH, what happened? Amir al-Mu'mineen, Muawiyah passes away. Who becomes the Khalif? His son. Then he said, Thereafter, the Ummah's history is replete with discord, infighting, injustice, oppression, rivalry for rulership. During Yazid's rule, which was around two and a half years, the most shameful tragedy of Karbala took place in which the beloved grandson of Rasulullah Sayyidina Hussain together with many of his blessed family members were brutally martyred. So stopping the quote, he's, he's clarifying. He goes, when did Hussein's tragedy occur? 61 AH. He didn't mention this, I'm going to add it. In Al-Bidayah, volume 8, page 232. How true were the words of Amir al-Mu'mineen Sayyidina Umar when he said, By the Lord of the Kaaba, subhanahu wa ta'ala, I know when the Arabs will meet their doom. It will be when a man becomes their leader who was near the sea in the Jahiliyyah, nor occupied any place of eminence in Islam. Subhanallah. Ali radiallahu said, we could tell there was sakina on the lips of uh, Umar. Because we could tell the angels were using him. This statement he just made sounds like somebody's inspired him. What did he say, Umar radiallahu? He swore a qasm, meaning I'm convinced of this. Arabs, this is when they're going to go down. When a man becomes their leader, what was the signs? Who was near the scene Jahiliyyah. So let's go through the Khalifs. Did Abu Bakr see the Jahiliyyah? Radiyallahu. Yes. Did Umar radiyallahu see Jahiliyyah? Yes. Did Uthman radiyallahu see Jahiliyyah? Yes. Ali radiyallahu see the Jahiliyyah? Yes. Hassan is the Ali's, grands, uh, Ali's son, so obviously he's Ahlul Bayt. Did Muawiyah see the Jahiliyyah? Yes. Radiyallahu. Who was the first Khalif who didn't see the Jahiliyyah? Yazid. Umar is talking about him. Then he said, nor does he occupy any place of eminence in Islam. So, you know, we don't 
go to extremes with Yazid. We don't start saying, you know, he's this and he's that. He's, he's not a Sahaba. Does he have a place of eminence? Well, to us he has, because he did jihad. But compared to his predecessors, it's like, you know, what eminence? So Umar radiallahu said, that's when you will start going down. Going back to what um, Sheikh Nawab mentioned, continuing the quote, he then said, after Yazid, his son Muawiyah ibn Yazid, succeeded him only in name, and then rulership came out of the hands of the Sufyani chain of Banu Umayyah. It went into the hands of the tribe of Marwan. The Hadith refers to these Banu Marwan as the boys. So what's happened? The Banu Umayyah, Abu Sufyan's lineage, were the first Khalifs. Muawiyah, the son of Abu Sufyan, was the first Khalif. Yazid became the next Khalif. His son Muawiyah ibn Yazid, he didn't want the authority. So when he was now, basically he resigned. He abdicated. There was nobody from Abu Sufyan's lineage now. But it had to be Banu Umayyah. So who now took authority? Marwan. And then Marwan's children then took authority. But they're still Banu Umayyah. The Sheikh goes, these were the boys that the Prophet was talking about. Then he said, during their time, there was much tug of war for rulership, oppression, religious unrest, ethnic wars, neglect of the symbols of Islam, harsh treatment of the companions. They turned the entire Khilafat to a children's playground. The most disgraceful man amongst them was the tyrant Hajjaj bin Yusuf. The Sheikh says it. He goes, he was the one. So we don't need to go into it. Somebody goes, what were they doing? Okay. Uh, who was the one who martyred Abdullah ibn Zubair, Amir al-Mubineen, Hajjaj bin Yusuf? Who sent him? Abdul Malik ibn Marwan. Ibn Marwan. Right? Hajjaj is Yusuf's tyranny. He tortured Sahaba. Anas, he tortured Sahaba. What's going on? And to be fair to the Khalif, he sent a stern message to him because, look, stop doing this. But it's on his watch is taking place. These were the children. They turned the Khilafah, the Sheikh goes into a children's playground. Then the Sheikh says, Rasulullah foresaw these troublesome years of the seventh decade of the Hijrah, which began with the rule of Yazid ibn Muawiyah and reached their peak at the time of Banu Marwan. Therefore, he وسلم, advised his companions to seek refuge from that time and ask them to supplicate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not show them that period. Subhanallah. So now look how interesting this is. Who did Allah the Almighty and Glorious make the trigger for the fitna? It was Muawiyah's death. So Allah was protecting the ummah with Muawiyah. The fitna wasn't going to erupt. Muawiyah died in the 60th year. Is that a coincidence? Nothing's a coincidence. Allah Allah did that deliberately. All of the Sahab who passed away before that breathed a sigh of relief. They thought we didn't see it. Many of the Sahaba lived on. And look at the trouble they went through. Look at the serious trouble. Imagine, 
Muawiyah is on his deathbed. Could you honestly believe for one moment if somebody had whispered into his ear, next year Hussein is going to get martyred and all his family? You know, he's thinking, what are you talking about? You know, could he have foreseen that? So why do people blame Muawiyah? I haven't got a clue. Right? What's he going to do with it? You know, he appointed his son and he pointed, why are you blaming Yazid? Right? Well, he was the Khalif. And then he goes, oh, here we go, right? So, Lord Muavi, keep him Allah. He gave direct instructions to his son, Yazid. He goes, do not do anything to Hussein. He's, a, he's the liver of Rasulullah. And he gave him specific instructions. Yazid obeyed the middle mu'mini. You think he's going to listen to his father and disobey him after he dies? It was the governors under his watch who caused havoc. But these were the children, the Banu Umayyah, Astaghfirullah. So note, Rasulullah, again, we say to every person who's got any open heart and mind, how could any imposter give you these dates? He's giving you dates and it's happening. How did he know that? Abu Huraira, he thus said on the pulpit of Rasulullah, imagine, he's actually standing on Rasulullah's pulpit, and he said, destruction will come to the Arabs because of the evil that has already arrived. Destruction will come to them because they will be led by mere children who will rule according to their passion and they will thus kill in anger. This is in Abu Nu'im al-Hilya, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 355 of the New English Translation. So Abu Huraira is, obviously, we know he's not a liar, astaghfirullah. But the fact he's standing on Rasulullah's pulpit shows this is something that he knew 110% what he's telling you is he had complete conviction. And what did he say? Children will rule according to passion and they will kill in anger. Didn't they kill in anger? Kill him. Right? We give you, you know, ijazat. Saeed ibn Jumhan, rahmatullah he said, I once said to Sayyidina Safina, radiyallahu Banu Umayya claim that the Khalifat is with them. Sayyidina Safina radiyallahu said, the sons of Zarqa are lying. On the contrary, they are the fiercest of kings. And the first king was indeed Muawiyah radiyallahu. This is in Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf, Imam Sayyuti rahmatullahi in his Tariqul Khulafa. So look how beautiful. A sahab was asked, because Banu Umayyah saying that they are Khalifs. The Khilafat continues with them. He said, the sons of Zarqa, meaning the youngsters, they are lying. He goes, the country, they are the fiercest of kings. Meaning, you can have kings, but these are like, you know, <coughs> they don't take prisoners. And he goes, the first king was Muawiyah. Why did he say that? Because Muawiyah said that. He goes, I am the first king of Islam. Why did he say that? Right? He saw who we to question him, right? But because Rasulullah said that. <laughs> Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, after the Khilaf al there'll be kings. So if the Prophet says it, he's not going to say anything different. But then a Muawiyah did say this, radiyallahu. He goes, but after me, you will know what a king is. <laughs> right? Meaning, I am a king. Meaning, there were sons who came before me. I'm a moon. The moon can never compare to the suns. Mm. But when you see the kings after me, because you remember me. Mm. And what did the Tabeen say about Hazrat Muawiyah's rule? They said that we thought he was Imam Mahdi. 
Manato, if you thought you were living under Imam Mahdi during Muawiyah's Khalifat, then what about during the Khilafah Rashidin? So like I mentioned, to finish, alas, during all these troubles, not even the majestic, honorable, noble grandsons of Rasulullah were spared, leading ultimately to Sayyidina Hassan being poisoned, radiyallahu and Sayyidina Hussein, together with many of his family members, being mercilessly martyred on the plains of Karbala. Mm-hmm. So what's important? Out of the two noble brothers, who was martyred first? Hassan. <laughs> Hassan, radiyallahu anhu, was poisoned. Who were the ones who poisoned him? It's all conjecture. You know, you think, well, it could have been him, could have been him. We know who it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't Muawiyah, radiyallahu and it wasn't Yazid, according to his very strong evidence. More than likely, there's two possibilities. It was either a Khalijite, who always wanted to kill you know, Hassan, or it was some of the youngsters amongst the Banu Umayyah, the fools. They thought he was a threat, thinking, look, Muawiyah is the Khalifa, as long as he's alive, you might lose authority again. But even then, we can't say with certainty. So the response, and what did the Rawafid say? Because Muawiyah did it. <laughs> right? Go, oh, mashallah. Who told that? Go, 50 mom. Oh, 50 mom, mashallah. Right? So, you know, they just, you know, come out with hush, hush, and astaghfirullah. So, who lived through the poisoning of Hassan, Abu Huraira? And he devastated him. Right? You know, he goes, you know, because he knew something, you know, that this is all brewing. How old was he at the time of Imam Hassan's martyrdom? He was around 70. Right? So imagine, normally at that age, you, you retire, as they say, live a peaceful life. He's right in it. He's not left Al Madina. And look at how much of a blessing he was. You've got the children in charge now. If it wasn't for Abu Huraira, you know, st- you know steadying the storm. Because what havoc would have played out? But Abu Huraira was there to protect the Ummah of the Prophet That's why he never left. But what's touching was, he didn't want to get involved. I don't want governorship, I'm not interested. And yeah, Allah Ta'ala goes, yeah, but you know, you're going to be doing a far greater role in terms of protecting this Ummah. And we'll discuss that tomorrow, inshallah. So all I mentioned today was... Again, talking about the period of Sayyidina Muawiyah's Khalifat and Abu Huraira's apprehension for the 60th year or the beginning of the 7th decade because Rasulullah said it. Look at their conviction. You know, they didn't have no doubt. They didn't start saying, maybe the Prophet didn't, well, he was referring to. They heard the hadith. They're now saying, we don't want to be here, Ya Allah. We don't want to be. And don't ask me whether Abu Huraira lived until that time. We'll get to that point, inshallah. Are there any questions you let us? Subhanallah <laughs>